0: Uh, Malcolm Honline is Executive Vice Chairman of the Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations, joins us for the weekly update here on a Friday morning broadcast. Mr. Honeline, welcome back to JM in the AM.
1: Uh, good morning. Good to be with you again.
0: Things are moving fast these days, aren't they?
1: More than fast. It's uh, jet speed, and it's <laughs> almost impossible to keep up with things. I feel like I go from Shabbos to Shabbos, and I don't know what happens in between anymore. And uh, there was a great Shabbos last week. and A lot of very loyal J M Nam listeners All right. who came to Young Israel and Shabbos at, uh, the Shabbos, the Shabbos of the Stars, and for Arad. Right. Uh, also, again, a lot of J M Nam loyal people. So I don't know what I'm going to tell them tonight after they. Listen <laughs> to
0: this oh, are you on the uh, list of speakers for tonight? Yes. It's a very uh, early Shabbos. There could be an entire array of speakers. Who knows? <laughs> <You> <laughs> I, know, hope, I hope. I hope. I hope they give you prime time, and you're not re- and you're not the re- relegated to the eleven thirty slot. If you know what I mean,
1: I'm after the late Friday night show. <laughs> <taunt.
0: laughs> uh, you know, so I I gotta wish a happy birthday to Barry Feigenbaum. He called me this morning. We were talking about um, we were talking about uh, the news that you and I discuss each and every week. And he, of course, echoed what so many people ask me each week about what we can do. And I said to him, you know, every week, even if I don't ask the question directly, I'm we're always, we're always targeting that question, and you continue to encourage people to get onto social media and to call talk radio shows, especially the ones that are influential, especially the ones that need a talking to, if you know what I mean. And you encourage people to write letters to the editors still, uh, people who still operate in that format, and to contact our United States House of Representatives members and, uh, and, of course, members of the United States Senate and the White House. And I know there are other suggestions as well, uh, but, but you know maybe week to week people don't realize what kind of role – we all have in all of this. And I don't know if I need to point it out every single week, but a word of encouragement, again, if you would, that everybody out there in their own way can make such a difference.
1: Not only can they make a difference, it's, it's essential that they hear because if they don't, if our elected officials don't hear from us, then they believe that nothing is happening and that people don't care.
0: And right. when you
1: saw the Congress this week acted on, uh, on Abbas's incitement, They they adopted resolutions dealing with anti-Semitism in Europe and sending thank yous to those who did it and and encouraging others to get on board. Uh, There are so many issues, still still the the punishment of Iran for the missile launch and getting uh, Congress, the administration, and others uh, more involved and uh, taking a stronger position on it. I mean, we'll go through the issues, but on almost every one of them, there is an opportunity for people... To, to say something, to remind the world on this week when we marked the, the 36th anniversary of the seizure of the U.S. Embassy and the Death to America chants and demonstrations and burning American flags and uh, you know, extolling those who, who engaged in it by the top leaders, including Rouhani, the president himself, uh, to remind the world of who, what Iran really is about and that the signing of the deal made absolutely no difference. So that they're on warning and that businesses know that starting to do business with them at this point could have ramifications and most of and uh, most of all but also significant is continuing to keep the pressure on about yirushalayim yeah at the memorial for rabin this week I, I read what he said at the event i did in the rotunda of the Capitol when we when we passed the jerusalem bill senator moynihan was the lead in that if you remember and it was in, in 1995, uh, I don't know if you were old enough to read that, <laughs> <notice>. <laughs> <laughs> you know that, that, <laughs> that Rabin made the most incredibly moving statement, and he told me this was one of the happiest days of his life, and told me he would fly in if I got this bill passed, and wow. he did it. And he came on two days' notice, he flew in, it was the last big event like this ever held in the rotunda of the capital of the United States. and. Uh, people should read that to be inspired again, where he talks about the whole of Jerusalem, what its significance is to him, as son of Jerusalem.
0: Wow. Um, Back for a second on the other issue, because there's so many people out there who want to know what to do. The um, it, what, what we get here, because you know we, we see the statements that you release in terms of you know praising those in members of the United States Congress for different things, you just mentioned a couple of them, etc. I assume that, that you make those public on the daily alert, right, and that people themselves can just literally you know put pen to paper or get to their keyboard and respond to the United States members of, uh, of Congress so whenever they see a, a notice like that.
1: Absolutely, and we will soon relaunch the Leadership Action Network, which will provide anybody who signs up, with a package periodically of an action recommendation, some of the talking points and background material, all condensed. Um, we are now revamping the technology for it because when we had almost 8 million people, more than half of them non-Jews, uh, who had enlisted either through organizations or directly. And we know the need. We know that people don't want to take the time to, to have to think through things and prepare, and they want something uh, digested and given to them which we're prepared, we are preparing to do, and it will be on all of the issues that uh, we address here.
0: Yeah, and it'll be in a 2015 format, meaning a lot of sound bites and a lot of bullet points, right? O- only bullet points. Yeah, that's all people, could, anything more all people that. could tolerate today. So as you, long as there are no bullets with it. <laughs> thank God. Please, God, there shouldn't be any. Uh, so you mentioned punishment for Iran for the missile launch. I'm not even familiar with this. Is there going to be an American reaction to this?
1: Well, they did submit a, a protest to the, uh, to the United Nations, and we had a chance this week to speak to, company, uh, to Ban Ki-moon, the secretary general, about it. And they, there is consideration about what steps to take. There are uh, resolutions in Congress about additional sanctions and about uh, or, or not removing any sanctions uh, because of the test. Uh, and, and the test is not, uh, uh, it, it's a clear violation if not of the agreement, as some people say, or the deal, but certainly of U.N. Security Council resolutions. And the, it's interesting that uh, uh, both Khomeini and Rouhani are keep saying now that violations unrelated to the nuclear deal have nothing to do with it, that it, this is you know, uh, an issue in, unto itself, and that the, uh, there's no relationship between uh, what they do in an area of terrorism or human rights violations. You see the number of executions... Go up. I mentioned to you the, the demonstrations this week, uh, and in fact, they say that they never really signed or approved the deal. The deal went to the modulus, some form of it, in a thousand-page document, but nobody actually ever signed it there. And we're seeing how much more aggressive Iran is becoming. Bahrain said they have intercepted vessels with Iranian weapons, just as they went to to Yemen to support the the Houthis to overthrow the government. They're trying to overthrow the government of. Uh, of Bahrain, and they are uh, challenging the government of Saudi Arabia on almost a daily basis, and it's escalating. So much so, as the Syrian talks, the Saudis wanted to leave because of Iran's uh, presence and and the behavior. But Iran is providing weapons. They're, they're expanding their role in Syria, in Iraq, and they're impervious to, to the whole idea of deterrence. And um, the people have drawn analogies to to uh, Germany in in this regard, as well as regard to others the language they use um, so Congress is looking for new sanctions against the IRGC because of their both their activities and the uh, uh, the launch and business people I think are much more hesitant about going into Iran and the more they hear that people are wary and to encourage state legislatures to adopt additional uh, sanctions to send a message that they can't hmm. deal with uh, pension plans and everything if they Involved um,
0: because you did tell us that there's some in, that there's enthusiasm in the business world to get in there. Are, are there people reconsidering or hesitating?
1: That's exactly right. That there is enthusiasm because they see a market of uh, 80 million people, right. the oil, etc. But aside, uh, the key sectors would be banking and and the oil, the energy sector. Energy oil now being down as it is in a glut in the market, so it's less attractive. But they they want to increase their share of the uh, market to um, to Europe, and in that they're competing with uh, with Russia. And on the other hand, Russia is working with them. For instance, the, 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 the Iranians are now targeting administration officials through through uh, sabotage of so- social media, through hacking of emails, and many of them travel to Russia to be trained as cyber attackers. And uh, they're attacking Wall Street. They attack uh, Saudi oil companies is another manifestation of the escalation of activities, and their statements are, are worse than ever. And uh, so, so we've seen this increase uh, in, in actions on all fronts uh, by Iran, and the, uh, if their failure to respond to it will send the message that they can get away with it, then we've only opened the floodgates for much more of this kind of activity, a- and, uh, and not just by Iran, but everybody else will will see these signals and will take advantage of it. Yeah, it on many fronts right now.
0: So when I watch these videos uh, that you know our presentations detailing the Iran nuclear agreement, I saw one on the New York Times website this week. There was, was uh, um, Zarif and um, and um, Mogherini. What is that? Is that a show? Is it a? Are there? Are there, are, there, are those all the details? Is it just you know giving a giving a taste to the Western world, so we should think that someone from the EU is really you know keeping tabs on Iran? What is it?
1: In part, it's show, and we don't know all of the internal uh, competitions, and, and you know that there are uh, condemnations against each other from the Majlis and the IRGC versus Rouhani. There are quote, so-called hardliners, even though Rouhani is very much uh, a hardliner himself. And Khamenei has ordered blockades of U.S. imports and called it the economy of resistance. And uh, he, he dismissed the idea of U.S.-Iranian negotiations on regional issues. Um, so a lot of this is PR. A lot of this is meant to, to attract business because if they don't show, Rouhani and the others don't show, that they brought some economic benefit, they will be facing the, the modulus and others who were against even signing the deal or approving the deal uh, if they can't produce the benefit for it.
0: All right, boy. A um, couple of things in Israel. I'm sure we'll get back to Iran in a second, but we mentioned a couple of things last week. Um, the pushback on the issue of getting cameras on Tahar Abayt, it is shocking to me that it's not embarrassing already to the PA.
1: You're absolutely right. It should be embarrassing to the PA, which uh, the Palestinian Authority, which has rejected the proposal that Kerry, King uh, Abdullah of Jordan, and the Israelis agreed to because they don't want the truth to come out. They, they Exactly. Want. but And he continues, but he continues. I know. Even and now, they get away with to it? promulgate the lies and to incite in so many ways uh, uh, you notice he talks still about the occupation. He gave a speech at the Human Rights Council of the United Nations, where he talks about the occupation since 47, not 67. And he, he still <laughs> talks about the desecration of the holy sites. What did he say? Every other second by the Israelis. And they laud the stabbers. They they create fake crime scenes, fabricate crime scenes uh, for charges against the Israelis. And now you saw this week, the again, re- resurrecting the blood libel of that Israelis are engaged in uh, organ harvesting, you know, that right. bodies that they get in back right. without eyes, without the kidneys, or right. other things. Which is, I mean, it's just all absolutely untrue. There's no, in the car, there's no root for any of these uh, accusations, and yet they continue completely uh, as if, you know, and, and, and believing that somehow this is going to to take hold. And and the while the. Violence has still been very restricted, and it's not what they used to call, you know, the intifada, a popular uprising. Uh, but they do talk about a jihad. I mean, they still has, and he has consistently tried to drive this into a religious war, that, yeah. uh, focusing on Al Aqsa, not focusing on settlements or West Bank or territorial issues or things of that kind. And this is a far more dangerous thing when you. Uh, when you turn it into a religious
0: war. And the other thing that we discussed last week, that I just wanted to bring up again, and boy, was I wrong. The I started to get the impression last week that these stabbings and attacks were now, you know, really filtering, oh, you know, just, so to speak, to the areas of Judea and Samaria. And despite the fact that, unfortunately, there was a car ramming and stabbing near Hebron today, that would go with that theory. But it's obvious if you're following the news of this week, it's not restricted anywhere, and uh, we see these horrific episodes that are going on everywhere in Israel.
1: One of the things people should remember also, when they talk, for those who have a chance to call news media or engage in discussions about this, when they talk about and call for the boycott of Israel, which the Palestinian leadership still is, they are calling for BDS movements and and encouraging it. You know that there are 30,000 Palestinians employed in the industrial zones, the 14 industrial zones in the the West Bank. And there are, I think... um, in near Yericho about th- 330 factories and uh, 100 factories in Barkan in the Shomron and many others, but total there are about 30,000 who are employed in these zones Palestinians, 20,000 who work in the construction and transport and you know, all the support structure, and about 200,000 who make a living from activities, from contact with Israel, and that's more than a quarter of all the Palestinian workforce so they're pu- willing to punish their own and punish themselves to punish Israel yep. on a completely fallacious uh, um, basis. And when you see the profile, somebody did a study, um, one of the uh, agencies, one of the, the think tanks, um, did, did a study of the profile, and I don't know if you saw this, of the Palestinians, uh, at least 35 of them, who carried out recent attacks. And they say they're male, 17 to 19, unmarried, usually from Yerushalayim, southeast of Yerushalayim or from Hebron, and that this is a spontaneous personal decision. It's not linked to an organization, but they follow an Islamist ideology. And even if they don't belong to a a terrorist organization itself, but they want to risk their lives, they want to follow in the footsteps of the Palestinians who who died because of the glorifying by the PA of those, of the, quote, martyrs, and the pensions being paid to the family, so that they are—they are in fact inciting them to to engage in these activities, even if it's not an organized uh, central organization that is
0: promoting it. Yeah, boy, oh boy! It's America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program. Heard and listened to, sponsor, WFMU East Orange, WMFU Mount Hope, Rockland County at ninety-one point nine in the FM dial. Around the world in the web, jm dot org, and of course on the NSN app, where you can catch the archive of the weekly update almost immediately after its conclusion. Check it out in the archives section of uh, the NSN app. By the way, just uh, under less than an hour ago, we spoke with uh, Rai Pesach Lerner, and as you've been telling us, it does seem that Jonathan Pollard will be released by the end of the month, and obviously a million restrictions and no celebrations till he gets to the Kotel, and we're f- certainly following all those directives, but... For those who want an update on that situation, it's certainly better news than it could have been in November of 2015.
1: Well, we're all holding our breath and uh, praying that this will, will happen. We don't want anything to happen that could right. become a pretext to, to delay or postpone. Uh, right now, it seems to be on track, but you know, there's no automatic assumptions in this. Right. Uh, and the most important thing is that he get out and be with his wife, and I understand he has a job in the New York area, and uh, that people strain themselves and take his lead about what should be done uh, I think he wants you know to be able to come out quietly and rebuild his life uh, and wants the other restrictions which I think will last about five years before you can travel right so, uh,
0: understood I'm
1: sure everybody will, will understand
0: understood um well BB uh, is in his Interesting situation. He's nominated a public diplomacy chief who (laughs) seems to have said some interesting things about both the President of the United States and the Secretary of State of the United States. In fact, the State Department, uh, it it seems that they're spreading the rumor that Bibi's reconsidering the appointment, and Bibi, according to Jerusalem Post, is not reconsidering the appointment. How did he get into this mess?
1: same way they get into all of these messes. Oh, and by the way, who's been the public
0: diplomacy chief till now? Like I, I can't even tell you who the public diplomacy chief has been till now.
1: Everybody thinks Smart Regev, who left to become the ambassador in Great Britain, This is actually his boss, and this is not a public figure. This is not somebody who appears before the cameras because it's the spokesperson who does. Uh, he, he is in fact in charge, but supposed to coordinate all of these public activities. B.B. is not going to is not considering reconsidering. As of <laughs> now, he, uh, he today said again that that. Uh, he, had, he did not say he would reconsider and I don't think that it came from the state farm I think it came from Israeli sources initially uh. that it was under reconsideration and they said then that was picked up from Washington but uh, they did not make a big issue about it because he did issue an apology over what he said uh, if we remember there were officials in the administration who made certain comments about chickens and other things that right. you know they did not nobody uh, paid with the job and I mean it's obviously uh, embarrassing for the prime minister and it's another just another add-on coming a, a few days before his arrival in the United States but uh, hey this is no
0: excuse but you know these days it's hard not to find somebody who it's hard to find somebody who has not you know posted something sarcastic on Facebook you know what I mean by that
1: Sarcastic is one thing, and uh, calling the president or hinting the president was an anti-Semite. I didn't read the exact quote.
0: Right, that's another thing,
1: yeah. I think it's a different level, and especially if you're if you're uh, in an out-front position, and the way the media sees it, but others see it, and it was so easily accessible, uh, so you wonder about the vetting process. Right. Uh, but, but you're right. People get through here in the United States, and we find out later, you know, Bad things, or things that they, they were involved in, that should have been a a real uh, red light.
0: When is the visit? Is it this coming week? When is it?
1: It's, he arrives Sunday night.
0: Oh, this week Sunday night.
1: Tuesday night. Yes.
0: This and is gonna be. This is gonna be. This is gonna be. Monday. Say it again. I'm sorry.
1: He's gonna meet the president Monday morning.
0: So this is. This might be a really uncomfortable meeting. Then I didn't realize it's that <laughs> soon.
1: It that soon. It's uh, yes.
0: But man. But in all seriousness, I mean. And, and I've been reading so many different, so many different you know, analyses regarding this. Some people think it'll be, you know, it'll be fine. Others think there'll be tremendous friction. I mean, it's sort of like in between. Like it, it, it's, it's likely to, to go the way we expect it to go. Is that what you would say?
1: I think it can go both ways at the same time. I think the public, uh, the optics, the perception will be positive that they will meet. I think uh, they're scheduled for two hours of meetings. Most of it will be one-on-one. Wow. There are many issues, Iran, Syria, uh, the, the MOU, the new memo of understanding, which is really a critical issue for Israel, about how much the military aid they're going to get. They're asking, I think, there are reports that they're asking for $5 billion, up from three point one. dollars uh, Some say, does this include the aid for the money for the uh, missile defense, the joint effort? And David Sling and uh, the other um, anti-missile uh, systems. Uh, that's unclear, and it's unclear what the United States is prepared to do, but that will be a very important issue of their negotiations. Obviously, Iran remains a primary issue when we see that Iran uh, continues to, to instigate and escalate their, insti- their, their provision of weapons to Hamas, to Hezbollah, Activities in the West Bank, and I believe, by the way, that that the violence we're seeing could well be traced in part to Iran, because Khomeini's book that came out on Iran specifically uh, says that we will make life intolerable. We aren't going to use nuclear weapons. We're going to make life intolerable of the people, so they will run away, and Israel will implode. So you can see a link to what is happening, and. Uh, the admonitions of Khomeini in his book about uh, about Israel. Hmm. Uh, so there will be a lot of issues. He will have a couple public speeches where he'll be able to, you know, reach out to both sides of the aisle. I think he will, th- that uh, the everybody wants this to be a success. Nobody wants to see the tensions uh, exacerbated. But, you know, we will have to see.
0: Yeah, that's for sure. Uh, you mentioned a couple of interesting things that have to be discussed. Oh, bef- before I ask you about Syria, though, the um, the plane, did the plane come down over Egypt uh, because of ISIS? I mean, I know there's conflicting reports and a lot of conjecture out there, but is it possible that ISIS... And, and, and isn't it difficult to get these bombs on planes these days? Like, you know, if you go to an airport, it looks, it looks hard to do, you know what I mean?
1: Yeah, but you, you can have workers who are paid off or members of terrorist organizations who may be employed at an airfield or for an airplane company, and that's certainly possible in the Sinai. The, the, Syria, the Egyptian government has taken great steps to, to try and contain or limit the terrorism. They cannot root it out completely. They've worked against the terrorists in Gaza, as they have against the terrorists in Sinai because of the linkages between them. It, 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 they do not have the missiles to bring down. Uh, the first reports were that, that right. they shot a missile. Their missiles go up to 14,000 feet. The plane was flying at 20. It should have been at 30,000 feet, but it was, I understand now that it was at 21,000. So they could not have taken it out with a missile. But they could have placed a bomb on it. You could have had a suicide bomber. And you know that all the, the tests they do at American uh, airports, how many people get through with things at the... Uh, yeah, that's true. At uh, But you always think bomb. Yeah, but, but you, you always but think. What would it take? I always think about it for somebody to be employed there who just brings something on. All
0: right, that's true. Um, it, okay, so are there Israeli strikes in Syria or not? And I'm sure this will be a big issue Monday when, when you just alluded to the fact that Syria is certainly going to be high on the agenda with Netanyahu and Obama. But, it, you know, there are always conflicting reports about what Israelis, what Israeli and the Israeli Air Force is doing. In Syria, Is there confirmation that there have been Israeli strikes there?
1: I do not know of any strikes in recent days. There have been strikes there. Uh, but now the situation is much more complicated because of the Russians. Right. And the Russians were bombing uh, 12 miles from the Israeli border against rebels and others in Dara province. Uh, and there's been a lot of fighting in, in the area. So... Um, they are moving closer, and the fear is that Hezbollah and, uh, and IRGC and others will use the Russian bombing as air cover for them to move closer uh, to the border without Israel being able to retaliate, and Israel's red lines are very clear about what they will tolerate and not. Um, Israel uh, has hit the uh, efforts to cross the borders uh, with weapons, to take missiles, et cetera. But we know that twice a day, Russian planes are bringing Iranian weapons into Syria, and we know that many of them are uh, destined for or attempting to be to to go to Lebanon for uh, Hezbollah. It's something Israel has to be very strict about. And I know that the prime minister told this to uh, Putin, and supposedly they have this agreement about coordination. It did not appear that the coordination was working or that that system that they had put in place. Uh, was operative, uh, or at least not fully so. Uh, so, you know, the developments in Syria are are really a test for the whole region, and we're seeing uh, increasing attacks, the, the bombing in homes. But at the same time, ISIS has now taken over part of homes, which is critical because it controls uh, a very vital roadway to Damascus. Uh, and one that the, both sides, the, the, Iranian, the uh, Syrians and the Russians, need to move troops and to move uh, weapons. So the situation there is far from calming down. And uh, you know that the uh, Syrian rebels supposedly uh, put men and women in iron cages and drove them around as human shields. So all the parties, and, and they, these are Alawites, uh, with, with, by the way, officers with their whole families, Who've been captured by them? So, all of them are are involved. Then the Russians uh, have been reported to use this new flame thrower. It's called the Blazing Sun missile launcher. in In its war with ISIS, which has been part of uh, the targets, but most of the targets have been the rebel groups. But because ISIS was near in the mountains near Latakia, where the base is, the naval base that Russia has there, and these things go to 1,000 degrees Celsius at the center of the explosion. They burn up all the oxygen in the area, and it's especially suited for bunkers and uh, tunnels and mountainous regions. So everybody is escalating uh, their activity, and the Jordanians, by the way, are equally concerned about the fact that, that Russia was bombing rebel forces uh, so close to the borders of, of both countries.
0: And as all this is going on, millions of people are running for their lives.
1: Increasing because they see no hope, and as they, the fighting expands, and you create more refugees, uh, we'll have to see what the elections in Turkey will yield as to what steps they will take. Will they permit, continue to permit it? Will they uh, clamp down? But I can tell you that the, uh, uh, the MI5, the British uh, security agency, uh, said this week that they are planning, that is, uh, Islamic State, ISIS, is planning mass casualty attacks in Britain. And I know that half of the budget of MI5 goes to, tra- to tracking uh, foreign soldiers, the, the, um, the Brits who have gone to fight there. And they say that in the last year they thwarted six terror attacks plots in, in the U.K. Unbelievable. And another seven abroad. And they acknowledge that they have about 800 uh, uh, extremists who have gone to Syria to fight. Which means that the number is really, I think, much uh, significantly larger, perhaps closer to a thousand. Um, and they talk about how they are inspired online, and that's the big difference. And it applies to the to the violence in Israel too. Is that the, you know, they call this the uh, the Facebook war in Israel. Right. And twenty thousand Israelis have filed a lawsuit against them, but it's the internet that has enabled, you know, cross-border across vast areas, so that in Britain you can train on the Internet. They don't have to come to Syria. It's much harder to find them. And they are becoming, you have a bigger population being radicalized. And, by the way, in the United States also.
0: It's amazing that uh, people like me are able to adjust to the way the world is now because it's just so, I mean, you know, you, as as you don't
1: know, you're happy.
0: It's unbelievable. You could train to be a terrorist by sitting in your living room at this point. Exactly right. Which is unbelievable. Uh, you think in Monday's meeting with the president, they'll bring up the fact, or Bibi will bring up the fact that Hamas continues to dig tunnels under the Gaza border?
1: Oh, absolutely. Well, they're going to be talking about all the fronts and uh, the challenges, and the United States has generally been supportive, I think, more than, you know, they could be very critical and they have not joined, and you see that the action at the UN is, is delayed, and we should know that, you know, the United States plays... a a role in all of those things too so even when people are critical we've got to look at the total picture Uh, and and the action this week by the way yesterday against the kuwaiti airlines the department of transportation united states finally came around and is now uh, putting uh, uh, kuwaiti airlines on notice in our lawfare project uh, really did a great job in the legal work that, that now something that was rejected in the past has really come uh, to uh, a point, a key point, with members of the city council joined in a press conference and the uh, Port Authority, and uh, there's a case now uh, that would be broad. And, but most importantly, the, the Department of Transportation told Kuwait Airlines, you either take people with Israeli passports or you do not fly from New York anymore. And it's part of their contract with the Port Authority, et cetera. And that's an important message when we see increasing efforts at discriminatory uh, behavior and there's another lawsuit that was filed in new york state uh, supreme court by the victims of terror uh, this week
0: oh um, i didn't realize that pardon me i didn't realize that. i didn't hear about that
1: and yeah well they came to to new york and uh, under american law and it's, uh, this is a law, the lawsuit against uh, facebook and it's tens of thousands of, of israelis because they're saying they're getting trained there they recruit jihadists there and they glorify terror uh, and even some of the, the families of the victims of terror uh, are amongst those uh, who, are, who are brought to suit.
0: Well, wow. uh, I got to ask you this question. I, you know, I, I assume you heard about this uh, international judo federation event, and uh, Israel was told to compete without the flag of Israel on their uniforms and without recognition of the of the state of Israel. All the other countries, of course, were represented the way the way a country should be represented in international competition. I know this is a tough issue and there's so many different variables to it, but what do you think? Should these athletes be encouraged by the state of Israel to pull out? Should Israel itself pull out? Should they stay in and make a statement that we're going to be there despite all this? I, I go so back and forth on issues like this, especially ones that are so symbolic, again, to the athletes are not symbolic. They're, they're life-changing events for the athletes if they'd have to boycott, God forbid, from their perspective. But w- w- how do you think the state of Israel should react to these types of episodes?
1: You know, it is really a tough decision, and but I think the presence there, if they're excluded from participating, of course, they protest, right. et cetera. But once right. you're there, it, the most important thing is that they have to be introduced, that, the, that they get a chance to create a presence. And, uh, you know, uh, there are laws and rules that govern international competitions, and you saw that, uh, was it Qatar or Kuwait, that lost... Um, shooting uh, championship because they didn't allow the Israelis to come. And uh, we have to see to the enforcement of this because this is another part of the boycott and the BDS movement, uh, which manifests itself in many different ways, including international sporting events. So when the Israelis, and it's not fair to take these young people. I
0: know. That's what gets me.
1: Say You can't compete. uh, You know, we're we're making a statement. Uh, I think that in this case, they made the right decision. But it, it, is a, it is a difficult
0: one. I know. Finally, th- does Erdogan have an election every week, it seems, <laughs> in Turkey? Every time we turn <laughs> around, this guy's... Election. <laughs> he's being elected every week, it seems.
1: No, this is a snap election because <laughs> he didn't like the outcome of the elections in June. Seriously. And, seriously. And huh. this time, he won a majority. Last time, the, the uh, Kurdish party got more than 10%, which barred him from getting the absolute majority he wanted. He has it now. You will see a greater crackdown now. I think, and the Turkish election has uh, real serious ramifications because this man is a madman, and he's becoming more of a dictator and more of an Islamist, uh, imposing restrictions inside Turkey. He will—you know—there are talks that he's people uh, leaking things that he's going to reach out to Israel. And stuff we see no evidence of it. He, he is an absolute ruler now. Still a member of NATO, uh, but fomenting problems, and has his own bigger designs. Uh, so we'll, we will have to see what, uh, what will come of it. Before we close, I just want yeah, to say sure. that there is always good news. Huh? And Bar- again, sure. you saw the announcement about the Akra Fortress in Ir David, next to the city of David. Yeah, the way
0: they reacted to this, it's like th- th- this one's at the top of the significant list.
1: This is really important. And again, I don't know how we get the Jewish communities and any community that cares at a time when, when they are trying to deny us our past, when they're denying all of the things in, in our claims, our biblical claim, rooted claims, the stories of the temple, the existence of, of all of the things that are in Tanakh. Again and again, God is showing it to us. They're showing us in, in concrete ways, indisputable ways. This week again, Abbas you know, denied the temples and others uh, issued statements and said the Jews can't... Uh, 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 violate the Temple Mount you heard his remember his name Mounted with Dirty Feet and all that and and here you have a fortress that Antiochus the fourth the Antiochus from our Hanukkah story yeah uh, this was a stronghold he, he built and there's been long a long debate about where it was and especially in the last year or so but they found now these sloping embankments and they found this massive uh, 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 massive fortress that overlooked the temple, so the years when they controlled uh, the Yerushalayim and the Temple Mount, this was the base from which they did it. And, and we're talking about 141 BCE, that they, they found coins going down to, uh, uh, not only from Antiochus Epiphanes, who's the one from, from the Hanukkah story, but uh, to his successors, and it was uh, Shimon and Maccabee who took it over after a long siege. Wow. He was able to take over the site. But it's, again, just a message. I mean, it's every single thing one could think of that, that uh, you know, is being explored in this postage stamp. That they discover so much of our past comes to life. Ugh. So when all the guys, all these um, uh, claims by Abbas and by all the others denying our past, denying us the history, and, and here every time God is showing us the answer... And through the work of the people in the city of David, and just unbelievable work that they're doing there. And now everybody should go there and see it, visit Yerushalayim. It's more important than ever.
0: Malcolm, we know each other for, I think, close to 25 years at this point. And I think it was almost at the beginning of our friendship where we said to each other one time we should both be together in Chevron for Chayesara. It hasn't happened yet. But maybe one day we'll in fact be able to make good on that, and it would be a wonderful Shabbat.
1: Yeah, I hope that people uh, w- they were waiting to hear about who could go and how they will be able to accommodate them, because as we know, there were stabbing attacks against a- an attack again this morning in the Sharon yep. area, and the security forces were very wary about you know what they could permit, because safety is still the number one concern. But God willing,
0: should we put it on the calendar for next year? What do you think? Should we do that?
1: Well, let's put it in the calendar. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Have a wonderful Shabbos And thanks for joining I'll see you, you Bezrat Hashem Tomorrow night Shabbat with the stars With the uh, amazing Shabbat That's being put together For Arad And the uh, the Negev region uh, Yeshekoch To those who are gathering For that event uh, This uh, Shabbat Chaye Sarai.